Welcome to Sunrise, your weekday podcast bringing you a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Tremel Gomes, reporting from the Florida Capitol, where a federal judge blocks part of Florida's anti-riot bill championed by the governor, who plans to, you guessed it, file an appeal. Meanwhile, President Biden announced sweeping new vaccine mandates for 100 million Americans. My message to unvaccinated Americans is this. What more is there to wait for? What more do you need to see? A long corruption probe in Florida's capital city results in prison time for former Florida Democratic Party chairman and city commissioner Scott Maddox. You know, several years ago, it became pretty much an open secret that our local government in Tallahassee um, had some issues with corruption. Florida's affordable housing fund ballot initiative ends, but Florida realtors say they are taking their fight directly to the legislature. Great time to be a Floridian. It's an amazing state to live in, but it's also it's an expensive place to afford a home. And Governor Ron DeSantis made a brief appearance in Walton County yesterday to present county officials with checks for more than $1 million in state grants for infrastructure improvements. Job growth grant fund is something that, that we get People can apply uh, for for assistance, and we just try to evaluate the projects that we think will have the best impact. Today, we have two Sunrise interviews. First, we hear from Tallahassee City Commissioner and Mayor Pro Tem Jeremy Matlow. He's hoping to help clean up and clean out the cloud of corruption hovering over the capital city. Next, we hear from Margie Grant, CEO of the Florida Realtors. She explains her group's decision to back away from the affordable housing ballot initiative to instead take the issue up through the legislature. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and so much more. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics. Following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Online sports betting, it's legal and it's coming to Florida. With passage of our amendment next year, any tax revenues collected are required to supplement the Florida Educational Enhancement Trust Fund. Hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue for students and teachers, with more choices and competition for Florida consumers. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at floridaeducationchampions.com. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Friday, September 10th. Today is National Swap Ideas Day. Now's the time to share with your friend that grand idea to maybe start a podcast. You should probably invite that friend over to discuss the idea while having a TV dinner on this National TV Dinner Day. Also, on this day in 1942, U.S. President Franklin Roosevelt mandated gasoline rationing as part of the U.S. wartime effort. In 1998, U.S. President Bill Clinton met with members of his cabinet to apologize, ask for forgiveness, and promise to improve as a person in the wake of the scandal involving Monica Lewinsky. In 2002, Florida tested its new election system. The test resulted in polling stations opening late and problems occurred with the touchscreen voting machines. A federal judge ruled yesterday that Florida's new anti-riot law championed by Governor Ron DeSantis as a way to quell violent protest is unconstitutional and cannot be enforced. It's yet another blow to the DeSantis administration, and yet the governor vows to appeal. The 90-page decision by U.S. District Judge Mark Walker in Tallahassee found the recently enacted law is vague and overbroad and amounted to an assault on the First Amendment rights of free speech and assembly as well as the Constitution 
institutions due process protections. People engaged in peaceful protests or innocently in the same area when a demonstration turned violent could face criminal charges and stiff penalties under the law, the judge said. One key issue is defining what the word riot means in the statute. Walker noted that past Florida laws sought to prevent demonstrations that could threaten segregationists' Jim Crow-era practices. However, all week, Governor DeSantis has been praising the state's tough stance in the name of law and order. Last summer, obviously, there was uh, law enforcement was under the barrel, and I said, I'm standing with these guys. This is totally unfair what they're doing to them, and we need to have safe communities. And if you go down the road of defunding law enforcement, you're going to have hell to pay on the back end. The law, also known as HB1, stiffens penalties for crimes committed during a riot or violent protest. It allows authorities to detain arrested protesters until a first court appearance and establishes new felonies for organizing or participating in a violent demonstration. In addition, the measure requires that local governments justify any reductions in law enforcement budgets. In his most forceful pandemic actions and words, President Joe Biden announced sweeping new federal vaccine requirements affecting as many as 100 million Americans in an all-out effort to increase COVID-19 vaccinations and curb the surging Delta variant. My message to unvaccinated Americans is this. What more is there to wait for? What more do you need to see? We've made vaccinations free safe and convenient. The vaccine is FDA approval. Over 200 million Americans have gotten at least one shot. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. So please do the right thing, but just don't take it from me. Listen to the voices of unvaccinated Americans who are lying in hospital beds, taking their final breath, saying, if only I'd gotten vaccinated, if only. It's a tragedy. Please don't let it become yours. The expansive rules mandate that all employers with more than 100 workers require them to be vaccinated or test for the virus weekly, affecting about 80 million Americans and the roughly 17 million workers at health facilities that receive federal Medicare or Medicaid also will have to be fully vaccinated. Biden is also signing an executive order to require vaccination for employees of the executive branch and contractors who do business with the federal government with no option to test out. That covers several million more workers. During a stop in Fort Walton Beach, Governor DeSantis presented county officials with checks for more than $1 million in state grants for infrastructure improvements. But I think we've got great opportunities to do more with manufacturing and and to, uh, to expand that footprint. I think those are really, really good jobs. The largest state grant to the county at $625,000 outlay from the Rural Infrastructure Fund will assist the ongoing effort to establish broadband access across the county. Next up, a Sunrise interview with Tallahassee City Commissioner and Mayor Pro Tem Jeremy Matlow. Former City Commissioner Scott Maddox, who was once head of the Florida Democratic Party, was sentenced in federal court yesterday, along with his longtime associate, 
Paige Carter-Smith. Maddox and Carter-Smith pleaded guilty to one count of honest services wire fraud, one count of honest services mail fraud, and one count of conspiracy to commit tax fraud. Maddox was sentenced to five years in prison, while Smith received just two years. U.S. District Judge Robert Hinkle said both Maddox and Carter-Smith were entitled to a sentence below federal guidelines. The sweeping case brought a lot of intrigue, and Matlow is here to talk about it. Commissioner Jeremy Matlow, thank you for joining me on Sunrise. I know you're there at the courthouse to see the sentencing of former Commissioner Scott Maddox and Paige Carter-Smith. It's been a long journey to this point. So what was the result? And give us a background as to the journey to this day. Yes, it's been a long journey. I think, you know, several years ago, it became pretty much an open secret that our local government in Tallahassee um, had some issues with corruption. They showed a lot of favoritism, uh, so much so that the FBI started getting interested. They launched an investigation. They did wiretaps. They disclosed text messages, you know, the whole nine yards. And in the end, what the, the, the feds found was that local developers, a local businessman, and former Commissioner Scott Maddox um, pretty much were, you know, operating operating a pay-to-play scheme, taking direct payments for for, for city action. And I, I think a lot of people who always felt like the way government was doing business didn't make sense, it kind of vindicated them and, and showed them why. There was a reason things weren't fair. Uh, you know, the rich and powerful were paying for special treatment and everyday people were, you know, get, getting the shaft because of it. So um, today, um, com- uh, former Commissioner Maddox and his his co-conspirator, um, the former head of the Downtown Improvement Authority, um, Paige Carter Smith, are, are are will will be sentenced. You know, I, and I think I think that's the first step towards justice for our community. But also, I think what was revealed was th- this wasn't one person. You can't run this type of operation alone. So through the investigation, we saw unregistered lobbyists that were involved. We saw handpicked staff members that maybe um, assisted Commissioner Maddox in, in, in getting what he wanted. So while while it, it does feel like justice at this day has finally come, it really exposed a, a larger problem in our local government, which I think is really going to take a lot of hard work and reform to, to get us back on the right track. Now, this extends even further. There are other people who have been involved in this process or implicated. And I know there were other trials going on with JT Burnett, the big developer. What's next for him? Yeah, so he, he uh, was found guilty uh, by the jury. Um, he'll be sentenced on um, o- o- October 28th. And, you know, that's that's one business person that w- was involved. But through um, the Maddox investigation, it was disclosed several high profile clients that were paying him um, for official acts. Some of those clients still have government contracts today. And I think I think it's appropriate to say we need to look at anything that was touched by these individuals, anything they may have been able to influence and, and start with a clean slate. Let's rebid those contracts. Let's audit everything. Let's make sure the people of Tallahassee can trust um, that the people who are getting paid by our government did so in a fair and balanced way. All right. Well, Commissioner Jeremy Matlow, thank you for taking this time to share that news, that fresh news right there at the courthouse. I really appreciate it. 
yeah, uh, thank you, and um, um, th thanks for reporting on it. Prosecutors said that Maddox would send clients to Carter Smith's lobbying firm after he returned to the city commission in 2012, and she would then pay Maddox for his influence. Maddox was first elected to the commission in 1990 and later served as Tallahassee mayor until 2003. He has been a Democratic candidate for governor, attorney general, and agriculture commissioner. He was chairman of the Florida Democratic Party from 2002 to 2005. Realtors are halting an effort to pass a constitutional amendment to ensure funding for affordable housing, saying they will work with legislative leaders to create a program to help people such as nurses, police officers, and firefighters buy homes. The decision announced this week came after the group Florida Realtors and the National Association of Realtors contributed at least $13 million to a political committee spearheading the effort to put the proposed constitutional amendment on the 2022 ballot. To help break down the change in course, we are joined by Florida Realtors Chief Executive Officer Margie Grant. Margie Grant, thank you for taking time to speak with me here on Sunrise. So what I'm seeing here, the Florida Realtors, you are choosing to pursue a legislative solution as a more efficient, faster path to addressing the housing crisis here in Florida? Explain. That is correct. Through this collaboration, Florida Realtors is excited to work with the legislature to ensure that housing funds remain for those who are vulnerable or in need and to introduce new homeownership opportunities for our frontline workers. When you think about coming through this pandemic and the folks that have gone to work every day to keep us safe and help people get better, we need to look out for those and make sure that they have the opportunity for the housing that they deserve. So a lot of people are surprised coming into this news that after spending so much to bring this issue to the amendment process that you're turning around. What really led to that change? You know, Florida Realtors is an advocacy organization and the ability to begin creating solutions immediately is an incredible benefit for all housing advocates. And it extends the conversation on attainable workforce housing into future years. Our members are extremely passionate about this issue and they're excited to partner with the legislature to get this moving as quickly as possible. Before diving into like, you know, the policy and the wonky technical part, in layman's terms, where do we stand as, as far as affordable housing? How does this process really work? So data analyzed by our association shows that the folks who are working on the front lines are at a large disadvantage when it comes to being able to afford a home. For example, an EMT or a paramedic, they would have to earn $25,000 more a year to afford just a median priced home. And that's similar to a lot of occupations. So we wanna just make sure that we're addressing the, the crisis and affordability right now. And it's, it's a great time to be a Floridian. It's an amazing state to live in, but it's also, it's an expensive place to afford a home. So the Sadowski Trust Fund, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. How does that work in this process? So the Sadowski Trust Fund is something that we have been huge advocates for, for the last 30 years. What we are talking with the legislature about is a new source of funds, funds that would be specifically allocated to down payment assistance for frontline workers. So it would be separate and distinct from the Sadowski Trust Funds. We wanna make sure that in addition to the funding what we're talking about now, that the funding intended to help those who are most vulnerable remains intact and available. Looking ahead to committee week and the legislative session, I know there were probably some promises made to make you even consider 
moving away from the option you were using to go through this negotiating process. You know, things aren't guaranteed in the legislative process. <laughs> so what, what are you expecting to see? Well, the good news is this is now when the work gets done. In speaking with members of the legislature, it is clear that they have similar goals as we do in respect to frontline workers and preserving the benefits of existing housing programs. The challenge is finding effective ways to accomplish these goals, but honestly, we believe that the renewed partnership will do just that. All right. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? What I would just remind everybody is that the goal is to get folks into homes who need them. And the goal is to protect the folks who are consistently protecting us. We have been longtime housing advocates, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate the time today. That's Margie Grant with Florida Realtors. The proposed constitutional amendment came about after years of frustration in the real estate industry about decisions by lawmakers to use money from a state affordable housing trust fund known as the Sadowski Trust Fund for other purposes. Realtors and other groups called for the end of the raid. Here's your calendar of events. The Florida Commission on Ethics is scheduled to meet and take up issues from North Miami Beach, Palm Coast, Tallahassee, and the University of West Florida. That's at 8.30 this morning at the First District Court of Appeal in Tallahassee. The Hillsborough County Legislative Delegation will hold an online meeting as it prepares for the 2022 session. The Florida Housing Finance Corporation Board of Directors will meet in Pinellas County at 9.30 this morning in St. Pete. The Florida Board of Osteopathic Medicine will hold an online meeting today. State political candidates and committees face a deadline for filing reports showing finance activity through August 31st. And that's it for this week, my first week on the Sunrise Podcast. I'm Tramel Gomes at the Capitol, inviting you to join us again next week for a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture.